because we're ready to get a crunk over here. Y'all know who this is. I'm Brew. This is the Badger. But who's this gentleman on here with us? Well, you about to find out. I'm going to turn it over to the Michael Buffer of the beatdown so he can give the illustrious introductions. Come on, uh, man. Yeah, man. You know, this goes without saying. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time, but this brother is, uh, he knee deep in it, man. Uh, he was a part of one of the biggest boxing podcasts that I know of. And now he's doing his own thing. And listen, man, ain't nothing better than the brother being empowered and calling his own shots. Mm -hmm. So without further introduction, man, who we talking to right now? Mike. Hey, what's going on, people, man? Uh, my name is Mike Gross. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Mike on Sports. I used to uh, be on the uh, Boxing Voice. Uh, big ups to the Boxing Voice. Big ups to Nesta Gibbs, you know what I'm saying, for giving me that opportunity. And big ups to these guys right here, man, for the, for allowing me to be a guest on their show and uh, talk a little boxing. So I'm ready to get into it, man, and uh, chop it up. Hey, I'm loving this because finally I have somebody on here who knows what they're talking about. I appreciate you coming on this show, man. I appreciate you coming on this show. Right, Don't do your homie like that, man. Right, you know boxing too, right? Yeah, you know how to fold boxes. Man, listen. But look, man, before chill, we bro. get into it, man, I just want to say I hope both of y'all families and you and, and y'all selves are doing good during this pandemic. I know this shit has changed the way we interact with people. And the way we go about everyday life, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to say to everybody listening and these two guys right here, hopefully you and your family are doing well during this pandemic. Thank you, Mr. Gross. And, and likewise, man, I pray your family is doing well. And um, it's a lot to, to take in that we call normal life now. And um, I work with some youth um, weekly. And it's like their, their whole lives have changed. They know people who have it. They know people who have died from it. But their whole lives have changed. And it's like, how do you explain this to somebody? Because we've never seen it before. So all we can do is hope and pray for the best. Yeah, man. She I crazy. just want to ask y'all one quick question. Do y'all agree with some of the states letting, like, being a, a little bit looser with their stay-at-home at laws and open things back up? I see my man put his head down like, yeah. Listen, man. Know. Yeah, nah. <laughs> we, we people crazy as hell, man. And I, you know, I try not to get into my my political sphere because it goes down a rabbit hole. But hell no, man. I think these people are completely insane. But at the end of the day, bro, this is the world we live in, and and, and the country is showing itself. I mean, this is who we are as a country, bro. This is not by accident. This shouldn't even really surprise anybody. If you haven't been paying attention to anything in the last ten to fifteen years, ain't nothing to surprise you no more, bro. So. That being said, bro, no, I don't, I don't fuck with none of them, but I just, you know, I just try to stay out of the way, bro. I'll be honest with you, the pandemic wasn't spreading quick enough for those in charge, so that's my opinion why they opened the states back up, and they gave you the $1,200 to go bump elbows with somebody who may have it so you can bring it back to your family. Look, like he said, I agree that nothing happens by mistake. It's all by design, and just like all of a sudden they say, oh, it's hitting African-American community the worst. Now, all of a sudden, African-Americans get it. It's amazing how those things go hand in hand. But again, that's not what I'm here for today. So, <laughs> but no, I don't agree with it at all. I think I think it's crazy because now you're coming on TV, at, at sitting in the White House talking about, well, you know, it, it's going to be a lot higher death toll than I thought it would. But I think we'll be responsible enough to open up the state. 
Yeah, man. It's all, uh, to me, it's all about uh, the money, man. Businesses yeah. out here losing money, bro. Like, people don't want to stay at home, and you got these crazy, I guess, alt-right people that holding up signs and having rallies and saying, uh, we want to come out. Like, bro, like, what is going on? People are trying to pay you to stay at home. They're right. trying to pay you to stay at home, and, and you guys want to come out and rally and, and say we want to uh, uh, be outside and doing a pandemic. I just don't understand it, but at the end of the day, that's not what, what we're here for. So uh, talk a little, little boxing. But I will say, in rebuttal to that, pay attention to all these people at the different rallies. You'll start seeing the same faces in the same in different states. That's true. Because it's just like a riot. They bust people in and bust people out. So, all right, Badger. I know you're itching to get into some boxing. And, uh, you know, I ain't, I'm not going to hold on progress. But I, I do want to say, man, I applaud you for jumping on a new broadcast, Mike on Sports. I like the way you handle it. I like the way it flows. It's like you never missed a beat from – when you were on the boxing voice and when you sometimes when you'd host it by yourself. It yeah, like, yeah, man. Uh, people don't know, like, uh, that channel, Michael Sports, been around for almost, uh, almost a year. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't as active as I wanted to be on it because I was on the boxing voice doing things and things like that. But it's been around for a year or so, and I'm just, like I always say, man, I sit back and I watch, man. I learn. I watch all the YouTube channels, you know what I'm saying, see, see how they grow, and just watch how people conduct interviews not just boxing interviews but like i watch a lot of larry king i watch a lot of uh charlamagne the god i watch a lot of uh uh sway you know what i'm saying i just watch how people conduct interviews you know what i'm saying i, I just take little things away from that and try to try to build my brand so i'm glad you spoke on that bro so before we get into that man let's talk about mike the person now i i, I had the opportunity to work with nesta probably about probably about five or four years ago um, I was here in Florida and, you know, I was doing a lot of corresponding work because this is really how I infiltrate the game. See, what I'm doing, they extract the game and create this app. I started by infiltration. I started with the media. So I was I was doing it here on the local level um, through one of my homeboys, Joseph Allegale, who was a big time contender a few years back, um, helping him out. And then, and then seeing the grind and then seeing the deficiencies and how difficult it was to do everything as a fighter. Fast forward a couple years later, I meet him. We go out to Silky's gym, Silky Camfort, um, uh, former 154 champ contender, and we just start brainstorming. So the the desire that we have to do this, bro, when we see what you've done, the, the dudes that you paid up to this point and where you at now, man, I just I think it's commendable on who you are as a person, bro. And I know you got some other obstacles going because I've been listening to the boxing voice for a minute. Like, I've been listening consistently. So um, just give the audience a little bit of background on how you traverse that journey, bro. Uh, well, man, my, my boxing journey probably all started back in 20, what, 15, 2016, you know what I'm saying? I, that, that, that's when I really started to, like, really dive into the sport, you know what I'm saying? Uh, unfortunately, in 2015, I had a car accident you know, that, that, that left me in a wheelchair, uh, but I was in the hospital for like three or four months, you know what I'm saying? And during that time, uh, I, uh, I guess it was a replay or a, or a live fight. I don't know what it was because at the time I, I wasn't following boxing like that. But I was in the hospital laid up in the bed and Showtime had, had came on and they were showing the, the heavyweight champ going for his belt or defending his belt, something like that. And um, the guy that he brought out was in a wheelchair. 
know what I'm saying? The guy that did his rain walk was in a wheelchair and like rapped a song for him and things like that. So, and the, and that champ was Deontay Wilder. And from that point on, I made it my mission, you know what I'm saying, to watch every Deontay Wilder fight from, from that point on and actually start going back and watching Deontay Wilder fights. And that just led me in a, into a rabbit hole of Jamal Charlo, became one of my favorite fighters, Chris Eubank Jr., Anthony Joshua, I found out about him, found out about the Tyson Fury, went back and watched the Klitschko fight, started watching a whole lot of Mayweather fights, you know what I'm saying, just to get a good grasp on who Mayweather was and why people hold him in, in such a high esteem, you know what I'm saying? So went back and watched some old James Tony, you know what I'm saying? I, I just started really, from 2016 to like 2018, I was just watching nonstop boxing fights, guys. It was just so much uh, great fights out there that I didn't witness, you know what I'm saying? Uh, was able to see Sean Porter and Keith Thurman live on CBS. Uh, I think it was, that was in 2016 or 2017. That was like my first, first big, big kind of fight that I watched live. And uh, ever since then, man, I've just been been rocking out with boxing. And I reached out to Ness one day. I I seen him and uh and it's funny, you know, what I'm saying you use the word infiltration because I seen him and Matt have they quarrels and things like that. So I was just like, shit, I got some ideas, and I feel like I could possibly bring a different dynamic to the show and, and make the show uh better you know what I'm saying with my ideals and just with my personality and reached out to Ness. Uh he gave me opportunity, you know what I'm saying, gave me an internship first six, seven, eight months, you know what I'm saying? I did everything, you know what I'm saying, pro bono. Was able to uh um by the seven month, eight month get a, a decent you no know saying salary or decent you no know saying uh, uh pay. And uh from that point on man we just started rocking out man we did a lot of great things over there, man. We did a lot of great interviews, interviewed a lot of top fighters, interviewed a lot of promoters, uh, different, uh, wait, what do you call them? What, what is uh, Mauricio Suleiman, the chairman oh, of uh, WBC? Yeah, chairman of WBC. Yeah. yeah, so we interviewed the chairman of the IBO uh, and things like that. So uh, the boxing just been a, a, a great thing, man. I've been able to sit down with Bernal Hopkins, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, senior, no, so not junior. <laughs> uh, just able to like sit down with a like, boxing Lennox Lewis. Uh, actually got a uh, like I was at the Canelo fight and uh, they had put us in like the the, the seats, like kind of by like the celebrities and shit, like YG and things like that. And in the day before, I had interviewed Lennox Lewis, and for some odd reason, Lennox Lewis uh, remember who I was and like, hey, yo, what up, Mike. I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of big right there, you know what I'm saying? My guy shouted me out like that. And uh, just boxing just been great for me, man. I ain't going to lie to you. Like, boxing has really changed my life. And I got a lot of new friends from boxing, too, that friends that I would normally wouldn't even think about talking to, you know what I'm saying? Different guys from different walks of life that boxing just brings everybody together. And uh, it's been a, a, a enjoyable experience. Very, very, very enjoyable. Well, last night, man, we jumped right into that Earl Spence, um, the um, not the Earl Spence, the uh, Erickson Lubin interview. Um, and we, we were talking about how uh, the internet jumped all over him for calling out Tony Harris. So, be, before I really go any further, since you brought it up in the, <laughs> earlier. How did you feel? How did you respond to that? How did you feel about Lubin bringing up Tony Harris? Now, look, there's two ways to look at it, you know what I'm saying? And, and even in Lubin's quotes, you know what I'm saying? He he kind of uh, um, 
gave his condolences uh, to the uh, Harrison family, you know what I'm saying? Looking out and wishing uh, well for his family. But at the same time, like, this is boxing. And Lubin is looking at, at, at the rankings. I'm number one. He's number three. I might as well call him out, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't really want to go into a fight with Charlo right now coming off a long layoff, even though I, I, I am number one. I feel like maybe I possibly like need a fight in between the, the Charlo fight. And I I can't be mad, but I can say like the timing could have been a, a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of not poor taste, but at the same time, like, you know, Tony Harrison is going through a lot and uh, maybe boxing is the last thing on his mind. But at the end of the day, man, these guys are fighters. So they got that fighters, fighters of mentality. You know what I'm saying? Try to cart, uh, compartmentalize things and uh like yeah. that but at the end of the day I, i'm not upset but do i think that the the, the timing was off a, a little bit yeah man timing could have been a little bit better well you know he was kind of responding to comments that harrison had made on an interview that we did with him yeah. we did an interview with, matter of fact he, he was a, a, a responding to an interview that me and ness did with uh with uh harrison uh about the uh, a water bottle thing because he came out with the water bottle like harrison had i mean charlo had the water bottle and things like that but inside the interview we asked him about Lubin. we asked him about rosario we asked him about uh uh a trail uh, and he mentioned all those names so that told me like damn Lubin actually watched the interview you know what i'm saying so it's not like um like I said, the, the timing is just off. Like, if he would have responded at the time we did that interview, and I, I don't know when he was able to watch that interview or when the footage was, was, was given to him, but the interview happened like a couple months ago, you know what I'm saying, after the uh, the uh, Charlo loss. So if he was able to respond after the interview, it would have been better. But at this point in time, seeing what Harrison is going through, it's just, it's just bad timing. Got it. Yeah, I figure I figured that would be the response of most people. But yeah, you're absolutely correct, Mike. I actually listened to an interview that y'all did about the uh, Watergate, the water bottle incident. Um, and quote, I don't want to misquote you or Nesta, but when you asked him who would he want to fight if he couldn't get the Charlo rematch, I think Harrison's exact words were he would want a shot at Rosario. Or I want to say he said he would try to avenge his loss to Jared Hurd. And then he said, but if not either one of those, give me a tune-up fight. Give me a guy like Jorge Cota or somebody like that in Detroit. What Harrison understands and what boxing people don't understand is Tony Harrison has three losses. Tony Harrison is over 30 years old. Tony Harrison is not a massive ticket seller. If Tony Harrison loses a fourth fight, guess what's going to happen to Tony Harrison? You're probably not going to see him on PBC anymore, right? He's been beat three times in the exact same fashion, so the verdict is out. Yeah, but we still see a matchup. And we still see Jorge Cota on PBC, and he lost shit. I don't know how many times. Like, like Harrison is not going to be the 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 cream de la creme. He's going to be a, a eventually be a a gatekeeper or a, a journeyman. He just he just has that that I, I love Tony Harrison, man. Like he's one of my favorite uh, people to watch box guys. His boxing skills are there. They are they are apparent, but his stamina always seems to let him down in the fights. That's the only problem with Harrison. If he can go find somebody that that can improve his stamina, Harrison's going to be a 
somebody that people are going to uh, recognize as a top guy at 154. But until he improves that, it's just like he he's bound to be what he's bound to be. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you on that. And the difference is, like you said, is a guy like Tony Harrison willing to be a gatekeeper or a contender for gatekeeper money? Jorge Cotto, I know it didn't really get there. He already know that's that's his only job. That's, you got one job, Jorge, one job. Anybody we trying to move through 54, they got to come through you. That's already understood. I don't know if Harrison's ready for that, and maybe he's thinking alone, which means he just want to cash out. Give me one more big fight and just let me go. What are you going to cash out with? Like, and I don't think you feel like Luba's the draw enough for that kind of fight. I mean, you got guys like they can match him with Jared Hurd. They can match him with a uh, cash out, though, man. I mean, I, I think he'd use as a, a bigger pity than fighting Luba. We've seen Jared Hurd and, and Laura fight a unification fight in a small ass hard rock co- casino with like yeah. seven, eight thousand people. We seen yeah. a Jerry Hurd come home and fight J Rock in a stadium that I mean in a uh, arena that DC. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a big ass uh no. twenty thousand right. arena. Like, is that a cash out? If, if, even even Charlo trilogy, like I feel like the only cash out that they, that he has is a Charlo trilogy on pay per view because the build up for that fight sells itself. Man, those guys do not like mm. each other, and it makes for great TV. Great TV. Oh yeah, easy. And I don't know if Charlo was gonna be willing to give Harrison a rematch. Man, look, y'all see what y'all want to about Char- uh, Charlo winning that fight? Harrison was fucking Charlo up. I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. Harrison was piecing him, and I'm looking at the scorecards like, what the fuck are y'all looking at? But that's what I'm talking about. That's all that's in the back of Tony Harrison's mind. Don't think Tony Harrison ain't watched replays and know good and damn well he was winning that fight. Everybody does. So for him, it's a whole lot of risk and very little reward. I think he's just trying to minimize that. Now to get onto that, though, that was some bullshit. And I think everybody in boxing knows that. And like we said, the verdict is out on Tony Harrison. Jamel, all he knew he had to do was stay on the gas. And that's what he did. And we all know Tony Harrison ain't got real big power. So Charlo was able to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat a few of these to get where I want to go. And eventually when I wear you down, when them legs get a little stiff and them hands start dropping and then you start showboating on top of that, it was a recipe for disaster from that moment. And I don't know Charlo I don't know Charlo's like training like regiment, but that motherfucker was in great shape that fight. Yeah, he was. From round one to round 12, his pace did not diminish not at all. And I, I can see why Tony Harrison got caught in that 11 round. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just he was just overwhelmed. Like this guy was not slowing down. So whatever they're doing down in, in, in Dallas, keep on doing it, man. You guys got a a a, a recipe for uh, success, man, because that was impressive. Listen, we got a um I think it was last week or on our Sunday show, we were uh talking about step aside money. We're talking about the heavyweight division. And how, <laughs> how I don't believe Deontay Wilder is going to take step aside money so Fury can have a clear way to fight Joshua. I do believe Joshua's opponent, they'll probably pay him what he was going to make anyway to step aside. But don't see Deontay Wilder taking that step aside because he's not guaranteed he'll ever get another title shot if he does. So I have to get your opinion on that one. 
man. Look, man, I'm a, I'm a mindset like you. Deontay Wilder took less than a week to invoke his rematch clause with Tyson Fury. It wasn't like he was waiting a month or he had to mold it over. He knew what he wanted to do, and he did it within a week's time. But with that being said, when you're talking about a fight that the articles that I read was, was uh, they, that Joshua's team and uh, Fury's team signed a NDA with a Middle East Eastern country to uh, propose that, that undisputed fight. Now, with that being said, you're talking about money that that that's real money, like that that's oil money, like that's kings and, and, and princesses, like you know what I'm saying, kind of money. And if they go and offer in the high seven figures, maybe eight figures for you to step aside, that's something you and your advisor Al Heyman have got to consider. You've got to consider because I believe even if you step aside. That you still can 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 have your rematch, right? Like, does the contract become null and void? Well, it depends on who's now the champion. Because if I lose to, if if I got I fight better, you and I lose let me fight Pulev. So so huh? so we ain't got to worry about Pulev. I step aside and, and I'll fight Pulev. So the winner of that fight has to fight me next. There cannot no, be no rematch clause between you and Fury. I'll make this have to, that's what I'm saying. If if I lose my title to you and you decide, you know what? I'm not gonna give you your rematch right now. I'm gonna go fight, I'm gonna go fight the badger, and you mess around and lose your title to him. I don't have a rematch clause with him. My rematch clause was with you. But if I step aside, man, I'm gonna go if if I'm Al, Al Heyman, and we know Al Heyman been in, in, in the business of boxing for a long time, and he's very, very good at what he does. If I Al Heyman and, and, and I'm gonna allow Deontay Wilder to step aside. I need in writing, no matter what happens, who wins, Deontay Wilder fights that guy next. And if I need to, to take care of Pulev, then we'll take care of Pulev. Pulev is not a threat to Joshua. He's not a threat to anybody in the heavyweight division. He's just lucky that he had to fight Bogdan Denu for a goddamn uh, 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 spot at number one in the IBF. I don't know what's going on with that. He ain't really fought no contenders to be on the number one in the IBF, but that's a story for 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 another day. Cooper Pulev, his team that came out and they've been vocal about. They don't give a damn what Fury and and Joshua are doing. They ain't going nowhere. Joshua can fight whoever he wants to fight after he fight us. After we beat him, he can go 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 fight whoever he wants to fight. That was the quote that came from uh, from the article. But at the end of the day, man, if you're Al Heyman, you got to do what's in the best interest of Deontay Wilder, and they offer you eight figures. I would try to stipulate that Deontay Wilder has to fight the winner next. If we can't get that and right, then we ain't stepping aside. So I'm going to ask a deeper question because I, I heard you do two things now. So are you not confident that Wilder can take Fury, bro? Because it's almost uh, like you said, it's almost like you said, I'll take step aside money, I'll take a weaker opponent, or hey, I just give me everything I can and give me some more time. Is that what is that what you saying? If the money makes sense for me to say yes to a step aside, I can't ignore it. You, you offer me eight figures. That's my if you offer me 10 plus million dollars to step aside, I'd be a fool not to. So okay. So what about the media fallout from that? How how are we gonna look at our king for stepping aside? The media, you, the media killing him right now. Talking about his damn uh uh costume, talking about uh, uh all yes, the excuses yes. that he's making. 
Listen, that's because I can convince the people that I want to fight right now. So that's okay. All that's to benefit me saying I want to fight right now. But if I take a seat, if I go sit next to the man, what we what, what we gonna say about our king then? What, what, what we gonna say about the champ? Hey man, Damn, maybe he need more time to get uh get his bicep right. But I'm of the mindset that he's I'm of the mindset though. I'm of the mindset that he's not gonna. Not like I'm like I've been around Wilder for like enough to know he's not gonna take a step aside money. I'm just being hypothetical, you know what I'm saying? He's mm. not gonna take a step aside money. He's not going he has too much pride, and I feel like his pride was kind of hurt in that fury fight, you know what I'm saying? But if he goes back in there with the same game plan, if he goes back in there and do what whatever the fuck he did before that, that first fight, whatever he did, he needs to change the, the whole routine. Don't do that shit again. Because I don't know what happened in that fight. At the ferry, caught a water behind the ear, kind of in the head area. It was kind of like a a, a close to like being a, a rabbit punch, but at the end of the day, it was a it was a, a knockdown. And from from that point on, like water did just didn't look right. But he broke his eardrum, so he had no equilibrium. They yeah, said I mean, uh, it uh, it was a cut inside his head. Yeah, it wasn't like a bust. It wasn't eardrum. All That's, that blood that came from Wilder's team. It was a cut. They say so whatever they want. All that blood that came out, and you have no equilibrium. That's your eardrum, bro. I, I mean, hey, that's a valid could be a valid argument, but at the I end mean, of the Jason day, Jason also he, said he didn't have uh, a he didn't uh change his glove in the first fight. So I'm just saying, your team can say anything. He's six nine two seventy, but he you, wasn't you, in. The you first have fight. to take that into consideration. He's not coming in to 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 outbox Wilder anymore. He's coming in for a brawl. He's coming in for a mauling. If Wilder's not gonna uh, do the like necessary things in camp to get ready for that and just depend yeah. on that right hand, it, it's gonna be an uphill battle. And I'm a big Wilder fan, but I'm I'm also like a realist, man. You cannot just depend on that right hand. Fury has got that right hand down packed now. He sees your little foot. He sees your footstep. He he sees the jab. Then he sees the right hand coming. So he's backing up. He's backing up. He's making sure he's keeping that distance. You, you you have to disguise that right hand a little bit better and possibly even fight on the inside now. You have to learn how to fight on the inside now because you don't have the reach on Fury anymore. You 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 can't out-jab because when you land a, land a jab, he's going to land one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been kind of perplexed about Wilder's entire ascension as far as that. Me and my partner talk about all the time. One of the best performances we ever seen of Deontay Wilder, and most people will agree if they know anything about it, was when he won the belt from Burmester Vern. The first, the, the, bro, that jab was like a telephone pole. Like, it was perfect. And you could tell he was still learning, but I told him that, I said, if he can continue that jab, he's going to be a problem. Because what we're seeing with Deontay Wilder is someone that this hasn't fine-tuned the things that he was good at. You want me to tell you, it's a lot of guys out there that's one, 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 two guys. It's a lot of them out there. It ain't a lot of guys that got a lot of wiggle room. But what they do is they perfect it and learn how to hide. They get good with distance. They get good with timing and subtle head movement. And that's how they get good at it. He just never picked it up. And now I honestly don't know. But what I do know is that's got to be the next fight for him. It's got to be. It's the yeah. same in basketball. Live by the three, die by the three. Also, same thing, make you laugh, will make you cry. Depending on that right hand too much, man. It's been great for 42 fights, being great, knocking guys the fuck out. But that one time, it, 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 it wasn't there in the first fight. And we've seen 
what could happen when it not be there. And going back to what you said, he has to fine tune things, man. I just think that he got to that right hand so much that he forgot about everything else in a fight. I honestly thought after I thought he got exposed with um, Ortiz the first fight because Ortiz just being the skilled craftsman that he is, he nullified until he got tired. He nullified that right hand by jabbing, hooking, moving. He wasn't a stationary target, but he kept the jab in Wilder's chest and Wilder's face. But that's a different dynamic, though. He was but fighting. What I'm a, saying is, he showed ball. that he should, but he still showed that Wilder was truly one-dimensional. Like we already knew it, but <sighs> not in the first that. Ortiz fight. Already definitely that. in the first one. Until only reason I say that, man, because when you're fighting a southpaw. The 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 dimensions are different, man. Like it's not it's not it's not like you're fighting a uh, a uh, orthodox fighter where you see things coming like normally. Like with Ortiz, Ortiz was smart enough that he made sure he always kept his foot on the outside of Wilder, so so he can like control the uh, the uh, pace and, and, and the action. But with, with that being said, like why did some th- good things in, in in that fight? Like when he was able to pivot and catch him with the hook. And had Ortiz like this, like it, it was some good things that they wanted to did, but I just think that uh fighting a southpaw is kind of hard to say that a guy was exposed because he's not normally fighting a southpaw, fighting oh fight out. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, right? You have fought southpaws up to this point. You you've you've run into at least two or three of them. You, you had a full training camp where you work with southpaws. You know the southpaw's job is to keep his right foot on the outside of your left foot. One, you're going to have to reach further with that right hand. And they're going to be able to hit you with a jab from an angle you don't normally see. So I'm sure your training camp was full of southpaws. I mean, at this point, it just, to me, it showed just how limited he was and how dependent on that right hand. If he had used the jab like he did with Stavern, Again, he may not have been – he wouldn't have been able to do to Ortiz what he did to Stavern, but I think he would have been able to keep Ortiz a little bit off balance because he had to reach. He was swinging down, and that jab would have been pumping right in his face. Or that jab may may got countered. The, Ortiz maybe would have got his timing down throwing so many jabs. Eventually. But if, you, if you're keeping your left foot outside of his right foot, huh? What happened in that first Ortiz fight? Who, who, who won? Oh, I told you he got that right hand. What what what, what what happened in the second Ortiz fight? Who won that fight? Oh, I did. That's why I didn't bring up the second one. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he knocked them out in both of them. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about I'm waiting for my one shot that he did not get with Fury because he was doing the same thing. He got he it. Oh, 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 he got it in the first round. He landed two uh, uh, right hands in, in the first round that did not have an effect on Fury at all. Right, I can watch that fight because right. when it's I seen it, like, I was like, "It's kind of like when Thurman was tagging Pacquiao, didn't have an effect on Pacquiao oh, either." Man. Come on, bro. Don't 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 up Thurman. Uh oh, uh oh. Go ahead. Hey, let's go ahead and do it, bro. Do it to him. Go ahead. Don't bring up Thurman, man. Hey, I, I love Thurman. That's the homie, that's homie, man. What's happening? Man, he a great talker, bro. He he a great talker. He just not, bro. in my opinion, he's not gonna be. He, he's not gonna. He's not a top 
147. Like when you look at the 147 division, I think right now even a rematch with Sean Porter, I, I would lean towards Sean Porter more so than Keith Thurman. He's just been injured a whoa, little bit too much. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Yeah, he's been injured a little bit too much. So he's been inactive a little bit too much. So no more victories for uh for, for Lewis Ortiz, but more victories for Sean Porter. Nah, come on, man. Go back and I just watched that Sean Porter fight, man. Sean Porter got hit in, in, in the nuts almost 15 times that fight. The ref didn't call not one of them. Earl Spence was, was Earl oh, Spence oh was, yeah, the easy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was digging him to the I mean, he was like. So with, with that being said, like with that knockdown, like that knockdown in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that, listen, yeah, yeah. That saved that saved a shaky decision, bro. Thank you. That saved Thank a shaky you. decision, bro. Cause Sean Porter looked look damn good in that fight. And I don't I don't know based on what I seen from, from Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao fight, if he would have looked that good against Earl Spence. Well, I always get Run, run, run out the room. But my opinion, I believe he should have asked for the same drug test that Floyd Mayweather asked for, and you'd have seen a different Pacquiao. Oh, you can't, you can't. You, 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 you doing what I say? And, and boxing is crazy. In boxing, if you the A side and, 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 and you the money maker, and you giving somebody an opportunity, which which Pacquiao was giving Thurman, like he chose Thurman. It wasn't like they came to some kind of agreement. No, he handpicked Thurman for a reason. In in boxing, the A side gets what they want and they get their way, just like with Canelo and uh Kovalev. He, he made sure Kovalev couldn't come back in the way he needed to come back in, in, in into the ring. He probably was like 185 and he looked he, he looked old and, and he looked drained in that fight. But with, with, with that being said, man, boxing is is one of the craziest sports in the world where the A, a side can hold so much control over a fight. Yeah, that Kovalev fight was doomed from the beginning. He too old to be taking back to back fights like that. He had just got up a war with a young dude. And you yeah, try right now for three months. You fighting again? Yeah, we ain't talking about, talk about that just yet. But uh, with Thurman, man, yeah, I, we said this on the show before when the fight was announced that he needs to get the proper testing. But again, Thurman was a victim of his own thinking, I guess, because you got to think about him. He probably think a path of least resistance. Right, I don't really want to fight Earl right now. I'm not fighting Danny or Sean again, and at the time, I'm not fighting Crawford. Okay, I'll fight. I'll take the old man Pacquiao fight because I think I can beat him off youth. Not realizing these people got this thing down to a science. Now I'm not saying Manny Pacquiao is guilty of anything. What I'm saying is it's pretty amazing that a 40 plus man, 40 plus year old man went out there and had the stamina and the chin to sustain that fight because the middle rounds of the fight, he was getting um, he was getting whacked hard. And to him, it didn't even phase him. We've seen this dude buckle with Garcia and Porter. We've seen him hurt every guy he's been in the ring with. And you getting there with Manny Pacquiao, and it's nothing. It's nothing. Right. And, and it's not the same Pacquiao that fought Jeff Horn or Adrian Brown. Yeah, two different Pacquiao's. Jeff Horn took his soul. <laughs> hey, Jeff Horn beat Pacquiao up, man. Yeah, he did. Nah, he he, 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 he rubbed him up, man. People want, want, want to get mad at me, like, bro. Nah, and yeah. If the ref yeah. gonna allow it, should Jeff Horn won? If if, if yeah. he calling that shit, Jeff Horn won. But at the end of the day, man, I don't think it was the path of leaf resistance, though. I think it was the path of uh of more uh fruitfulness. You know what I'm saying? Thurman looking, Earl's not that star. Yeah, he he hasn't yet. 
really you know what I'm saying. He fought Mikey, but he's not like the star of a Pacquiao yet. But Crawford, man, he over there on, on yeah, let him talk. He over there on on top rank. We ain't worried about him. I already be son. I already be Danny. Where can I go make the most money at? Pacquiao. Even though he's the even older guy, and I, I think I, I can beat him, but it's a lot of money to be made too. And we seen Thurman at that Pacquiao fight look a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like 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 he be eating good. I'm just saying that he's like he be eating good. Yeah, um, and then you gotta think too. After the Josecito Lopez fight, I think Manny, I think Manny saw that and and, and thought that was gonna be you know a, a easy easy pick. Cause I'm sure he picked up on deficiencies and keeps defense, the pulling straight with his head back, all that kind of stuff. Um, that he's that he's done his entire career. What I don't like though, and I don't mean to pivot too much, but boxing is also one of the only sports where we will give you points for losing and take away points for winning. That Josecito Lopez Keith Thurman fight was not close. It wasn't a close fight at all. As a matter of fact, Lopez what was three rounds? I know for sure. Maybe four. Yeah, I, I I didn't think it was a split a split uh a decision. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't think it, it was that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, competitive, but the end of the day, man, they say uh, when you're on the uh, West Coast, those judges like more action in 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 like a guy coming forward. And on the East Coast, they prefer like the boxer. You know what I'm saying? The the boxer type. Like uh, they came from Bread Man. Bread Man. Uh, Julian Williams trained. He was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, he said it was a I fan. would argue like, with that a little bit yeah. though, because I, I still remember. Was it Denny Garcia versus Lamont Peterson? Yeah. And um, yeah. they gave it to Danny because they said he was the aggressor. And Peterson was boxing him up, bro. He was mm. boxing him up. I mean, that, that fight, that was bananas. Because Lamont, you know, he, he should have started way earlier. He, he gave, I think he let uh, Danny sandbag too many rounds. But you're absolutely right. When he started boxing, it was like a one-sided fight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, I'm, I'm was not like really high on Danny Garcia either. Oh, no. No, no, no. I think he's a. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I I really don't really think he's a, a top guy at 147. I think I think I think he's gonna if he if he don't move up, I think eventually Jerron Ennis might be might be beating him. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. Uh, Virgil Ortiz probably can beat him too. I, I'm just like once, once those kids get get more fights in and get more experience. Yeah. Like if Danny stays at 147 to like 2022. He'll be fighting those guys, and if that's the case, I might pick those guys and and, yeah. and fight. We um on our other on our the fighter share report show on Sundays and Wednesdays, we have this segment called on uh, dodgeball. Okay, and uh, the first segment that we did coming back this season, I talked about uh, I call him Suleiman, but some people call him Cinnamon Canelo Alvarez. Um, <laughs> how they gave him his own belt at 165, mm-hmm. and well, according to the, to the WBC, they mm-hmm. petitioned for the belt. Ah, right, at 165, yes. What kind of belt he got? What, what, what on? What? It's a legacy championship at 165. Yeah. Yes, they have it at one. Like they said, at 165. If you look it up, they have they call it the Canelo weight class. Oh, now man. he fights at 168, 160, right? 175. <laughs> 175. Certain people. Yeah. Um, I want him to stop running and fight Charlo. The big Charlo. I really believe that would be a good fight. Do I think he has more skill than Charlo? 
I do, but I think I Charlo's IQ is to stay within what you do well. And I believe his power and that jab, the way he cranks that jab out, I think he would be fine against Canelo. That goddamn jab like a right hand <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. That motherfucker's strong. But uh, again, the funny thing about sport of boxing, bro, uh -huh. I've been calling for this Charlo and Canelo fight for, I've been one of the people on the forefront like yelling for this fight. But the 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 overwhelming like kind of thing theme is what has Charlo done? I'm like, what does that matter if he if he was the contender, the number one contender at the weight class, and and he was the mandatory? Like, what what does that matter? But like, he did what he has to do to get his position to to get a, a title shot with, with, with the champion, and y'all going to elevate him? And now people are saying, oh, he needs to fight Demetrius Andre, or or go up and fight David Benavidez. Why? And please, Charlo, stay away from David. Don't you don't want David? Uh, but with that being, no, nah, no, nah, you don't you, you don't want David, bro. I, I I'm, see looking looking. At, I'm looking at my partner because uh, you don't want da David is too big. He's six three. He he probably gonna rehydrate like up, up to 195. You don't want David at, at 168. That's a, if if I was Charlo and, and, I, and I had to fight at 168, it'd be it'll be Plank. No, it's funny that you said it because that's almost the exact same thing. I said almost verbatim. And my response when I was talking about Charlo versus Benavides, um, I'm, I'm halfway in, halfway out on Charlo. And the reason why I say this is because Charlo had two performances that I saw firsthand that weren't very good. Matt Corboff and Brandon Adams. Um, Brandon Adams is a blown up 154. He is not a true 60-pounder. He can fight, though. He, he got skilled. That, that kick, he listen. Skills, and, I, and, and again, I'm, 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 I'm going to go back to how I was making fun of you earlier when I said no more victories in boxing for losing. Brandon Dow's performance against Jamal Charlo in Houston, people saw that. Because when you, when I was there in person, you see them two guys standing next to each other, it was a total mismatch. And Charlo got in there, and after about the third or fourth round, I think he kind of realized that it's going to be a long night. And not that Adams could do anything to really hurt him, even though he's sure he got his he got his shots in. He had some nice combinations able to land there, but he just knew it was going to be a long night for him. I, I don't know if performances like those two performances, when you were on your biggest stage, your brother and you and your brother headlined that fight when you had he had the first loss Harrison and you had the bad fight against Corbin, and then you come back what a year later, year and a half later, and you do this and your homecoming fight. I don't know if that helps your case. Now, from a stylistic perspective, he is the, the absolute wrong guy for Canelo Alvarez to be fighting. He's young. Canelo starts slow. He's twitchy. He's athletic. And he got pop. That's all wrong for Canelo. So, yes, that part of it, yes, I think Jamal Charlo is the most competitive fight for him at, at that weight. But, um... You gotta be able to bring it all together, man. Now going back to, to the uh, core ball fight, right? Uh, his brother had just lost, and, and look, I'm not saying that this is has anything to do with it, but they say twins have a, a deeper connection than other siblings because they are like the same. You know and maybe Charlo just was off that that night because his brother lost and and things like that. I'm not making any excuses for him, but uh, the core ball fight was a, a fight that, uh, in my opinion, he pulled out at the end. He had core ball hurt in, the, I believe, the 12th round or the 11th round, and uh, he was able to do what he needed to do. Now, when it comes to Brandon Adams, man, you got to account for a guy who in Brandon Adams who 
was wrote was pretty much written off. Like the contender like brought him back, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he getting his shot on primetime TV on PBC to make a impression. These fighters got pride, man. Like like Charles Barkley always say, those other guys get paid too. You know what I'm saying? Like they they get a check too. Like they got pride. Like somebody, some guys ain't gonna just come and lay down. And Brandon Adams was not coming to lay down for nobody. He, yeah, he didn't have a chance of, of winning that fight, but at the same time, he made sure that people know, like, hey, if if, if need be, I can handle myself at 160. But I think Brandon Adams' better weight is at 154. But he he just said, like, and it's funny. I did an interview with Brandon Adams before that fight. It was either Charlo. Or Golovkin, Charlo or Golovkin. So that tells me that both parties, like a top level doc, like like Golovkin, even had interest in fighting Brandon Adams. So and, and they said the reason why he went with uh, Charlo was the money was better. Yeah, yeah, I can believe all that, but you know I'm from the old school too. So I believe you kill a mosquito with an axe, not a fly swatter. You set a precedence, and just like we know, Brandon Adams was what, kind of right, what kind of a, what. Hey, what mosquito you killing with an axe, man? Hold on. Anyone that show that mean that mean nobody get a pass. I'm a top dog all the time. I want to be a state of Florida. Oh, rookie or a novice or, or a pro. Jamar Charles supposed to show up and be who he is. And I not that guy like Brandon Adams come in there and basically make you look real average. If I see a dude kill a mosquito with an axe, I'm walking away from him. Hey, that's, 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 that's a bad wrong, boy. Right? That's a that bad boy wrong. right there. That's a bad right there. I don't need to be around him. That's at all. country. That's yeah. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, but man, back to the Canelo thing. Does he need to fight Charlo? Absolutely. Will it get done? Who knows, man? Who knows, bro? Like this boxing, Canelo is doing whatever he wants to do. You see, when he went to 168, he called out uh Callum Smith and he called out uh 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 Plant and he called out Saunders. He mentioned because he know, like I know. Yeah, he know, like I know. He ain't mentioned Benavidez. He yeah. didn't break his ass that one time, and we all know oh, Mr. Nah. Cinco de Mayo. Uh, uh in, even in November, that's gonna, nigga, that's gonna sell. Yeah, big you know, like big 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 big. Yeah, Benavidez, man, that's that's the boogeyman while they playing. That's the he ain't number twenty three years old. Twenty three. He got a long way to go, man. Man, he ain't even he didn't really hit his grown man strip yet. He ain't even hit saying. his peak yet, bro. And that's the same thing I was saying about Lubin. Y'all act like Lubin was 21 when he fought Charlie. He's 24 mm-hmm. now. That's a big difference. Same thing I just said on, on, on the show about an hour ago, bro. You, man, Lubin was 21 years. He got caught with a shot. He ain't see coming. They we don't mean he is skillful. The only thing we learned from that fight with Jamel Charlo was that Jamel Charlo can punch. That's we didn't it. get to see anything other than that. That's it. Because the first round, it, it, it was like Nick for Nick. It, it wasn't yeah. a whole lot of action. Both guys were filling each other up. That's, yeah. that's it. One shot, man. So, Lubin, bro, I'm telling you, man, Lubin going to be – bro, as long as he got Sledge and, 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 and Jack, he going to be a bad boy to uh, to uh, contend with in the uh, 154 pound division, which I think is the best division in boxing, hands down. Yeah. And, Let me and ask don't you, get um, a lot of press, man, because there's it's a lot of black guys in there. Yeah. I w- I was going I was staying away from that, but you you, you hit the nail right on the head. I'm even with an with you, man. Like if you ain't got yeah. that superstar, like like man, look, how many Mungia got a lot of press at one fifty four? Who he beat at one fifty four to get all that press? Nobody. He got guys like Harrison, Charlo, Herd, uh, uh, Lubin, Jay Rob, Jay Rob, yeah. they going to war with each other. 
And yeah. we ain't hyping them up. And they None put on, those are some of the best, nigga, Laura and her. Yeah, that was, that was a good fight. Yeah. Charlo yeah, Harrison won. It was a good yeah, fight. The J-Rock her fight. They rock and Charlo was a good fight up until he got knocked out. Yeah, so he got clear. Yeah. 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 It just makes me, it makes me mad, bro. Like, they ain't really giving the proper respect that, to 154 that it, that it deserves. And, and that shit eats me up on, on the inside because if y'all talk about, like, y'all love boxing in the media and boxing is supposed to be this great thing, Hype those guys up too. So go ahead, go ahead. We're in the beginning. So hey, let me let me pivot on this one. Um, how do you feel? Do you think it'd make a difference as far as the quality of the product if these fights go dark with no audience? I think at this point in time, that's how we're gonna get all sports. So with that being said, it's gonna be like Everything following formation. I, I doubt if when basketball come back, they already said we're gonna play in empty arenas. UFC going this weekend in an yeah. empty arena. So when all sports come back, I don't think it's gonna hurt it. But I do think uh uh since that all sports are, are coming back at one time, you you, you can't afford to, to to put on cars that ain't ain't about shit. We don't want to see goddamn me uh 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 70 30 fights. We want to see 50 50 fights. You have to put on good cars and, and, and get your big stars out. But with that being said, how, how are you gonna pay your big stars if you ain't got the uh the the gate revenue? The live gate revenue. A lot of yeah. fights gonna be over in Saudi Arabia, man. I'm telling y'all right now, you're gonna see a lot of fights over in, in, in the Middle East. So brew brew went one way with it, but I was gonna delve into it a little bit deeper, what you were talking about previously. On um on one of our other shows, we were talking about uh the precedence and the treatment of PBC. What do you think and how do you feel about that as far as a racial undertone? And if it is racial, do you feel like it's more fan-driven or promoter-driven? I think PBC has one thing wrong with them. One thing and one thing only. When you look at top rank, you see Bob Aram on, on, on the forefront, doing a lot of interviews, talking, giving you guys information. When you look at a uh, 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 Metro, you see Eddie Hearn on, on the forefront, giving you guys a lot of uh, talk and giving you guys a lot of interviews and, and a lot of information. Uh, you look at Frank Warren, he, he's on the forefront. When it comes to PBC, who's the guy that we turn to? Who's the guy that, that's going to give you all the PBC news and give you those interviews? Well, you're right. Yeah, Heyman is Heyman is not the guy in front of the Heyman camera. Guy. You're gonna get a press release. Sam Sam Watson really don't like me. No, Sam that, is that yeah. much. Yeah, Sam ain't really in front of no. Steve, what was his name? Uh, I mean, they paying they paying they paying uh Kelly Swanson real good, but you're gonna get a press release. But yeah, like she and, that's, like, and that's it. And until PBC addresses that issue, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. They are always going to get the narrative of what. The public thinks, or what the media writes, because they don't control their own narrative. They don't come back out and 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 dispute it. You know what I'm saying? They 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 got a lot of guys that really talk for themselves, like Wilder, like Earl, like AB, like Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? Like Javante, like those guys talk for themselves, and sometimes guys could say some things that could rub people the wrong way. I want a body on my record. I'm pretty sure if 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 he had somebody. Talking or 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 advising him or like uh, even uh, the face of, of of the corporation, like bro, you can't be saying that. Like we understand, like boxing is a sport where 
death can't happen, but you don't want to be saying that, don't say, do we? I know it back in the day, Mike Tyson said some shit, but we live in 2020, man. We don't live back when when Tyson was saying those things. We live in, a, in an age where it goes to Twitter and everybody has a, a comment about it and social media just, just runs with it. Go ahead, bro. No, 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 no. no. The, the way you breathe, you you yeah. you, you go first. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't really dig that too strong on the sense that I feel like at the end of the day, we're talking about people being entertained and primal combat. So I think you can kind of miss me a little bit with the whole PC talk. I think also that Wilder and PBC and most of their fighters also get looked at with a magnifying glass. Everything they do and they say is always amplified. So is was Wilder right when he said what he said? Nah, he wasn't. Was it a bad comment? Yeah. But again, look at what we're talking about. You can't be totally hypocritical to the whole thing. He saved on a body. We know the man don't want to kill anybody. Look at the man's actions. He's a humanitarian. He's out doing all these things. None of those things that he does embodies or implies that he's intending that. He got caught in the When you have the ability to possibly do it, that's what scares people. When you say it, can I say, nigga, Wilder, nigga, if Wilder touch you with the right hand with the gloves off, if Wilder hit me or you, we might die. I think that's a little overstated, bro. I think you got to look at the way society and culture has been trending, bro. You see death every day on your phone. You see all kind of stuff at the click of a finger. I don't think we that sensitive. I think we got selective outrage. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree, I with, agree that. with that. Because absolutely if, agree. 1,000%. Not just Wilder. If, um, bro, I'm not poking at you this time, but I'm just using it as an example. If Calais Campbell came out and said the same thing, that... You know, I want to buy I, I it on that. my record. I, I, I wasn't going I there. I with just, Uncle Ed Campbell because he, hey, that that's a big dude and he pretty fucking good at, at right. what he do. But yeah, yeah, but you you would you'd wonder why the Jaguars let him go. But anyway, relax, bro. Said, are we going to brag about anything the fucking Jaguars do? Hey, whoa, no. whoa, no, okay, they don't do anything. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like they, listen, they ain't even trying to pay. Goddamn me, uh, uh. Leonard Fournette yet. They want to Listen. use them all up and, and, and not even pay them. That's why Jacksonville is so happy the UFC is there, so they'll finally get a sellout. In Bruh, they run yeah. a quarterback with a guy that I, I I can't even say his name, right? How you say his name again? His Gardner name is Minshew. Minshew. Yeah, his Minshew. Name is Minshew. Right. I, thought, I, I thought it was the guy named Georgia back when I first heard it. I thought it was Reno 911 in the Jaguar uniform. It was, wow, <laughs> bro. You know what? Yeah. We, we, hey, listen, we shooting pretty bad right now, so I really can't say shit. Ain't nothing I really can say. Jacksonville, Cam Newton is out there available right now. Right. Colin Kaepernick now. is out there available. Oh, man, look. Colin ain't played in a long time. Wow. Cam, Y'all, Cam so on, on, uh, man. So disrespectful. I'm just bro. Shit, Y'all disrespecting yourselves, man. Y'all trailer Jalen Ramsey. Come on. If anybody, oh, yeah. come on, bro. If anybody, if Teddy Bridgewater came That's out. That's like Deion saying back in the day, I want to be traded. We ain't finna trade you. Hey, he, damn he, mind. Did he say that? I'm 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 I'm, I'm just saying, like Jalen Ramsey, talking about you want to be bro, you better go sit your ass down and play. We ain't finna trade you. Why yeah. would you trade Jalen Ramsey? Man, I don't know, bro. Listen, we've been in disarray for about a good year and a half. Now I'm just 
Y'all wake me up when we start playing football. Hey, we're going to roll our best 22 out there and see what happens. Yeah, man. The, the, the point I was making was any black man in a professional sport come out and say something like that, it's going to be taken and run with. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if he's with PBC or if he's with Golden Boy or if he's a top rank or, or well, maybe not the WWE, but even if he was in the UFC, that comment is going to be taken and run with because you have people who really get scared based on history and what has been perpetrated by them. So they're going to take a comment like that and they're going to run with it. So I don't think that really applies when you look at what, what, what Wilder said, because it would have been taken out of context or, or blown out of proportion, no matter what sport. It would have been if he only said it once. But when you say it over and over, and I, this ain't just one, nigga, it's multiple occasions. Like, it's not, it may be up to like 10 or 15 times he, he even said it. So when you say it, and then when you get on PBC on Fox and they ask you about it, do you really? No, you know, he, he told he told Sean Porter and, and fucking Abner Morris, y'all know me. I'm about my words. I don't want to speak about it. Y'all know me. What I say, I mean. Okay. You, you Have you ever heard somebody say, it's like it's TV. With an ad. It's good TV, but at the same time, when you putting that, when you putting that in there, yeah. he's from Alabama, bro. Look, hey, you we gotta, we gotta stop doing that, bro. Gotta stop doing that, man. Just because hey. he's from Alabama don't mean shit. The man is, the man is highly intelligent. He is, but it, it doesn't matter your intelligence. It matters what, really what's inside and what you revert to. Now, he was trying to make a point. He really wasn't trying to go out and put a body on his record. Absolutely not. But when he talks to his homeboys, they probably said, man, that's funny. You should say that for real. <laughs> he's a bad homeboy then. Yeah, you know. Hey. You can't, at the end of the day, but like, it's like people are frightful because they can envision you doing it. They see you punch guys for a living and guys fall to the floor like they are a dead body. Spuka was damn near decapitated. Y'all remember him? Yeah. Wilder put him on the floor and the guy had to leave on a stretcher. Wilder punch a dude went in one fight that the dude started shaking on the canvas. So when you see that and a guy says that on multiple occasions, that's going to be a fight. He was on the Breakfast Club saying it. And these are big platforms. Okay, now let, let's go back a couple decades. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm no, no, totally PC or or or, or, no. or against it, but I can understand the other side of the argument. That, that's all I'm saying. And you look at you look at guys like Rocky Marciano. You look at guys like Jack Dempsey. Right? These were ferocious guys, ferocious white guys. Back then, radio was the median. That you got any information from, and they would say stuff like that. Well, Dempsey, how did you feel when the guy didn't get up? Well, he was still breathing, so I didn't feel like I did my job completely. I mean, there's no difference except for who's telling the story. Nobody was gonna go pick a fight with Jack Dempsey. They knew what he would do. Nobody was gonna go pick a fight with Rocky or Marciano. They knew what he would do. They could envision it. But he looked like uh, 
I, I hear you, but in that time, nigga, you can go home and, and, and beat your wife and she can't even vote. So back then, those times were a little bit different, man. I'm just saying, like, things things back then were, were a little bit more not how they are now because they were it were white people were like the, the old white men in charge in charge charge like well it like back then man it's it's hard to uh the way they put things in context back back then is hard to like uh really really harp on that because of the times that, that they lived in back then like it's it literally like women could did not have the right to go vote like, like, think about that. Not, not only black nigga, women. Period. Listen, so, in that time, like, that's gonna say things like that where it wasn't gonna get a whole lot of press. Yeah. But I, I'm just in, in the same. And time, especially if if he was fighting a black man, he'd probably get a motherfucking high five for, for for saying that kind of shit. Oh, I wouldn't even go into those type of fights because that was just a bonus. I'm just saying, man. I, if we gonna take it there, we are gonna take it our way. But. Yeah, because when you talked about, you know, as far as women not having the right look, even in the 80s, a woman couldn't call the cops because her husband beat him because they didn't want to get involved. I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm glad that we live in the time that we do now because all that shit is filed. You know what I'm saying? You should never, never disrespect women in that manner. Correct. So, Mike, let's pivot on something that I think I want to hear your opinion on, man. So, the other day we were talking about in one of our segments called Yeah, I Said It. We were pretty much trying to give an enlightened but a very opinionated take on what's going on in combat sports. And I've been watching this battle between Ishay Smith and the LDBC, um, more 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 specifically barbershop conversations. What's your take on that? Because we just had a conversation about it a few days ago. I want to get your take on it, man. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gross. Oh, uh, man. First off, I, I, I like to say uh, shout out to Ishay Smith, you know what I'm saying? Had a great, great, incredible career. Made some money, you know what I'm saying? And that's what the thing really the name of the sport is uh, a lot of guys don't become world champions or or, or 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 don't get that praise that other guys do so uh the fact that he had a long career and was able to make money that's what it's all about you know what i'm saying so big up cj smith now when it comes to the ldbc uh i know some uh, i know a couple of those guys you know what I'm saying? I've, I've talked to uh Trill boxing talk on maybe like one or two occasions. You know what I'm saying? He seems like a pretty cool guy. I've talked to Fred on 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 more than a one or two occasions. Fred, Fred, in my opinion, like I don't know what the quarrel is with him and Isha Smith, but I never had a a, a a issue with Fred. You know what I'm saying? With our interactions, you know what I'm saying? Like it never been a problem. He never did anything to me that was uh, shifty or 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 whatever. You know what I'm saying? People say that that he is. I, I haven't had that experience with him, so I can only go off my experience with Fred. And from my experience with Fred, he's a cool dude. Uh, but I don't—I really don't know where it all came from. You know what I'm saying I don't know where where it all like 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 started from. Like, why is Ishay mad at the LDBC? They called him a coon. Oh, they called him a coon. Yeah. Why they call him a coon for? From what from what I remember seeing, it was an issue that stemmed from uh, Fred and, and Kenny Porter getting into their little skirmish, and I think some words exchanged, and somebody made a comment, and it went left. Man, Kenny, Kenny, a real one, bro. He ain't taking yeah, no shit from nobody. Yeah, I done met that guy a couple times, man. Me too. Interactions, Me too. Good interactions. He's solid but, too. Uh, he's, he's solid, motherfucker. Yeah, but um. So apparently shots been fired now, man, like for the past what almost two weeks now. 
he shaving on his head. And yeah, uh, man, you can't you can't come out and just call people coons. You know what I'm saying? In the black community, man, when you throw throw that word around, people tend to uh, uh, either really mean it. And the other party might be highly upset. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the last thing you want to be called as a black man by another black man is a coon. You know what I'm saying? In, in my opinion, you can call me a bitch, hoe, all that kind of shit, but calling me a coon meaning meaning that I'm selling out my own people in a way that's beneficial to me and not nobody else. With that being said, uh, 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 he should got a right to be be pissed off. I ain't got no issue with with a guy being mad for for somebody calling me a coon. If I'm if I'm not doing no coon shit. Don't put that tag on me. And if you put that tag on me, I've been seeing the videos that been coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be uh it's gonna be war. And that's how we are in, in the in, in the black community, you know what I'm saying? Like if if it's a problem, then we're gonna handle it. And I'm I'm glad they handle it in a manner where now it's just like insulting each other. And it, 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 it's not physical because last thing Fred wanna do is get physical with shake and gonna, gonna get your ass whooped. But this is a way where it can be entertaining. At, at, at the same time, maybe a year later, those guys can like come together, you know what I'm saying, and just squash all this shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? But to be labeled a coon, though, that's a that's a it's, tough word to put on any any black person, in my opinion. Don't don't I, that, yeah. that 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 can't just fly around like that. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> on our first season, we used to uh, we had a different type of show then and we actually used to use that coon because mm. um, we I, I see a lot of people use using it but they don't really know like they they use it in a in, in a manner where they just feel like it's like throwing a jab at somebody like not knowing like that is a very like strong word and it's like it, it's, it's really insulting to a black person like to be called and I, I'm just speaking I'm, I was born in Mississippi, bro. I was born in the deep south. Like I was literally raised in Mississippi like the first 10 years of my life. So I experienced firsthand white people and black people in, 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 in interaction. And for, for, for the most part, it wasn't that that enjoyable. But with, with that being said, you know what I'm saying? I ain't never really been around anybody, you know what I'm saying, doing no cool shit. But I've seen some shit on TV, you know what I'm saying? I've seen some, some, some movies and things like that where you're like, okay. That's what the the word means, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look up and, and, and you do your history and you find guys in, in, in history like that sell people out. And yeah. that's the cool shit. But to, well, we in, used it, in 2020, man, people are just using it as a, a verb now. Well, no. When we did it in, in 15, we used it between each other. We never used it like outside of that. Okay. That scope. It was like if he said, if I said something crazy, it would be a, a coon pop up over his head, like looking at me. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> but I, I understand that, and I think we we use that in place of using the word nigga on the show. Yeah, he called me a nigga. I don't give a fuck. But he, right. that's the, and I know this wasn't intended to go this way, but that's the part I never understood. I never understood why. It was okay for another black person to call you a nigga, but not a coon. Uh, because a nigga not selling their people out, is it? Yeah. How? But it's also, by, by the direct definition, it also says you're shiftless and lazy. 
Who definition? Who definition is that? That that that, that, that's that, was, that, that was actually that was actually uh, from Merriam-Webster from back way back. I mean, it wasn't a recent definition. Who, who, the definition has been again? changed. Huh? Who, who again? From Merriam-Webster, the, the yeah, dictionary. Merriam-Webster. That's the Webster dictionary. Yes, I'm that was sure the that, original that's, definition that's written that was in by there. A, a, a white person, right? Who who has recently changed the definition in oh, their own right, recently, huh? I look here, yeah. bro. I don't put any stock or any value in what somebody on the outside of our community try to define this as. As long as we know in our community when we're using that word, using it as a term of endearment. Like what's what's good? Endearment, bro. Huh? How is that? Any, anytime I see my homies or my brother or anybody I know when I shake their hand, I say, What's up, my and, and we and, and you feel that bond. I'm so not saying it in a, in a in a malicious way. Huh? When when I was growing up, coming from Baltimore, then being thrown into Brooksville, Florida, which I guarantee resembled Mississippi in many ways. Okay, it was what's up, my brother. It went from my brother to my nigga quickly. Yeah, man. The music, the, the, the culture that we in, that, that's just how it is. I guess really growing up and spending a lot of time with my grandparents and seeing what they went through, coming through the time, nigga was not a term of endearment. Not even in their own, in the, in the black community. That's the level of uh, of separation from like the, the, the generations because when I was coming up, bro, like uh, outside, like like it wasn't never used in my house. So, like my mama, my daddy never like, hey, what? No, 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 none of that shit. And uh, but uh, as far as like friends and 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 like brother and like cousin, like yeah, bro, like we never thought of it as us saying something bad towards each other because we know that our our intent behind the word was good, no matter what a white person says that the, the definition is. That's a word that we took back from them that they've been calling us for years. Took it back, not allowing them to say it anymore. Anytime they, they, they say it around anybody, they get motherfucking dragged on social media or, 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 or any place like that. So with that being said, man, you if you take it back and worry and, and, and giving power to it and trying to uplift your people, I don't feel like you're putting them down at all by saying that word. And that just—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm just going off my opinion. Like I, I can't change your opinion about, about the word, but at the end of the day, I just kind of look at that. I love like, you. Okay, we've taken that word. Al Sharpton them decided they were gonna have a funeral and bury the word, which was BS. But we take that word. You can't speak for everybody, Al. Huh? Al can't speak for everybody. Al can't speak for himself. He bought and paid for. I was just saying. <laughs> They're going to try to have a funeral with the NAACP and bury the word. Okay, whatever. My my thing is, and you, you made a, a statement in there talking about generational. Mm -hmm. A lot of things we pick up on and lose because we don't pass things down generationally. Like, when's the last time you heard somebody called a porch monkey? Yeah, definitely don't call me a porch monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I don't, I don't know where we're going with this, but yeah, I ain't never heard. I, I, I never heard somebody. I never heard that term in my life until. Uh, well, maybe I have, but I, I never heard somebody, like somebody actually like around me say "porch monkey." Like what? <laughs> now, now I know you're being disrespectful. 
No, it's not even a doubt in my mind. <laughs> not even a doubt in my mind that you're being disrespectful now. You but you're not me? being disrespectful by calling by 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 calling me a nigga. If you feel like I am, then I won't say no, it to I'm, you. I'm asking. I'm you. not saying you personally. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you personally. But if I was in it in that in that uh, situation and somebody said, "Yo, bro, I'm not comfortable with being called," you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, "All right, my nigga, I won't call you that again." <laughs> you feel me? And that'd be the last time I say it. You saying just like my partner for real? Hey, man. <laughs> I'll say the same thing. Hey, so meanwhile, while we talking about words, did you think what David Haney said was racist, man? Uh, no, I didn't think it was racist at all because we've been losing to him for like shit for one year. We wouldn't got to a point to where it was just like growing up in the hood again. That's what just something we 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 said, bro. I can't lose to no. I'm not about to lose. But over time, you know what I'm saying, when you evolve and you figure out, like, damn, these guys can put in the same kind of work we could put in, even though we don't want to lose to them internally like like that, sometimes, you know what I'm saying, you, you get Joe Smith Jr. And, and you get knocked out the ring by uh, uh, B-Hop, you know what I'm saying, B-Hop gets knocked out the ring by Joe Smith Jr., things like that. And he said it, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. Only thing that I, I can say to the, to, to the white boys out there, if you feel disrespected by the word when you fight Devin Haney, Make the same impression Joe Calzaki made on uh on Beehop. Let him know. That's the only thing you can do. Let him know. And yeah. if you ask Devin Haney personally, do he feel like he'll lose to a Mexican boy? Hell no. To a black boy? Hell no. To a white boy? Hell, he feel like he won't lose to nobody. Yeah, um, that was one of the topics we had on our show we were talking about. I don't think he was being racist either. I think at the worst it was probably maybe it was offensive, but I went a little bit I went a little bit deeper than that. Uh, they've been making movies about the term white boy for years. White men can't jump. All right, right, movies, right. So it's always been a cultural connotation for years, and it's still not racist at its core. He's describing a person. That's like you saying the black boy the white. Now, if you'd have called him a slur, that's something different. Yeah, that's something different. So I didn't feel like in that kind of I didn't feel like it was racist. I feel like it was offensive to some people probably, but racist not. Yeah, I definitely definitely not racist. But yeah, man, people get offended by anything nowadays. That's why I be like, like you said, there's selective outrage. And at the at that point in time, ain't no boxing going on. Devin Haney is a sizable enough, uh, enough star. And what he said, you know, it's a lot of white reporters out there that can run with it. <laughs> Just being real, I mean, let's, let's keep it a buck. Like the majority of, of, the, of the stories came out was by Caucasian people about, yeah. the, about what he said. You know what I'm saying? And he was on the uh, uh, trip boxing talk, and he was just shooting the shit with his homies. That's the the vibe that I got from that interview, right? That, like it, it was just barbershop talk. We shooting the shit, and it is what it is. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't being malicious because he was when he said it, he was laughing. Right. You know what I'm he was laughing while he was saying it. He wasn't being malicious when he went when he said it. And it was just like a uh something that like we do in the hood. Like, like I mean, if a group of white boys came to the court, man, and we out there just hooping, what's the first thing we're gonna tell each other if we gotta play them? We Be can't, real. Right. We can't, we can't lose to these white boys on this court right now, man. You see all these niggas out here? If we lose to them, they're gonna clown us. Forever. Forever. 
and yeah. that's just man and that's just, <laughs> just it, it's cultural it, and it's 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 different you know what i'm saying because i guess in in the white communities they don't talk like that i don't know oh it's yeah the, they do we just not in the circles where, they, where we hear them talk like that I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe the way they were outraged. I'm just saying they apparently do not they, talk they like say, that. They say the same thing about us, but they speak from a power position. Get a job, or you want to do this, you want to do that. They they play them kind of games. They ain't got to worry about it on a recreational level. They they do it when it counts. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. Hey man, um, I got a <laughs> I got a question actually written down, and I'm glad I looked down at my phone. Um, looking at Michael on sports, mm-hmm. where do you see Michael on sports in 2022? Michael on sports in 2022, I see me, uh, man, I, honestly, I wanted to, uh, just be me, man. Like, I'm, I'm like, my expectations are for my channel to grow. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh looking to like try to do a, uh get get sub fast or buy subs or things like that. I'm just trying to make it grow organically, and it's gonna take us. What, what, what's gonna take us, man? I, I do a lot of different things uh, outside of boxing. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm 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 highly uh involved in like basketball, and I love football. You know what I'm saying? And and I play uh uh Madden a lot too. So I've been. Watching different competitions, you know what I'm saying? Thinking about signing up for one of those competitions and see how how good my my man game really is. But uh, yeah, man, I, I just want to continue to do one on one interviews, bring people good content, and uh, let the let the channel take me where the channel gonna take me. Because what they always say, man, you tell God your plans, man, he'll start laughing at you. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I'm just more of an organic kind of guy. I got some guys in the background, you know what I'm saying, helping me out, giving me different ideas, you know what I'm saying, trying to get some merchandise and, and some different kind of branding. But I, I just don't want to be like the regular old get a hoodie, slap my logo on it, and try to sell. I, I kind of want to do something a little bit, a little bit different, you know what I'm saying, and uh, and really get people um, like things that they can use on a daily basis, you know what I'm saying, not just only hoodies and things like that, you know what I'm saying, like maybe – phone covers or or towels or you know what I'm saying just, just 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 different things that people use on, on, on a daily basis that they're seeing on, on on a daily basis that they're not just seeing when they put a hoodie on like they're seeing like a keychain you know what I'm saying because I, I gotta drive every day or a, a phone case and I gotta see it every day because I'm picking it up you know what I'm saying just trying to get that uh that brand in, in their brain that's okay. the biggest thing by branding if you get your branded out there, man, you can take yourself wherever you want to take yourself. I got a partner. I got a partner. I'm gonna plug you in, man. Went on that uh, on that gaming situation. Okay. Yeah, they trying to do some good things. They trying to get some grassroots things going. So I think that'd be a good look. So I'm gonna plug you in with them. I seen information on your on your DM. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell them I uh, I go live every night playing Madden every night. And it ain't uh, I've been doing it ever since my channel got off restriction. I've been doing live boxing shows. Uh, I normally try to do one early in the morning, and then I try to come back and just scoop up all the information that was that was left during the daytime and do one at night. And that's my format. Can you talk a little bit about that whole uh, how that happened and the whole how it affected you the channel on restriction? Plus, I got an idea for you, Brandon. I'm thinking Mike Gross Malt Liquor. 
But um, oh wow, hey, that's some shit right there. That, that boosy juice. But uh, my channel got on restriction, man. Me being over eager, uh, uh, pretty much, man. Me making a, a mistake. I was watching a uh, uh, Zion Williamson and uh, LeBron James game on a Saturday. I I never uh, I, I forget it. Uh, they were going against each other. I think it was the first time. And uh, I played some audio from the huddle during the timeout. Like whatever they were saying, like the audio tracks. I left my my my, my, my mic on with the volume on and played a little bit of that. They flagged me for that. And uh, I never show any of the NBA footage, just that little bit of audio, flagged me for that and uh, gave me a copyright strike. And I was down three months. Uh, only thing was I couldn't go live. That, that was the only issue. Can't go live, you know what I'm saying? But you can, as far as like uploading, you can still upload and you can still post things on your community page. So I was just uh, uploading videos, you know what I'm saying? I record the videos using either Ecamm or, uh, or like StreamYard. And uh, yeah, man, record, upload, tag, title it, uh, find a good thumbnail, and share it on every boxing group that I'm on in Facebook. Uh, share it on my Twitter. Share it on my IG, and share it on my uh, Mike on Sports Facebook page too. So I try to get it out there to about at least six or seven different different outlets when I do a show. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can come up with a good design for you for the. Mike Gross malt liquor, because I think that could. That's it, Mike Gross malt liquor, boy. I'm telling Tell you. Me. If I get a beer, it's over. <laughs> hey, and it comes with a pack of cools. So you good. Well, yeah, man. Also, um, <clears throat> we also do all combat sports. We cover a lot of MMA. We cover jujitsu. So how y'all feel about the fight this weekend? Y'all feel like it, it, it's a it's a good 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 idea? Because I'm I watch UFC too, but like uh, what? Like the people that I met in boxing, you know, saying we got like a a a, a, a uh, iPhone chat. Those guys watching you UFC, and I'm in the chat seeing, oh shit, oh. So over over the the the, the two years that we've been talking, I've been more and more and more and more into UFC. So I'm I I, I kind of mess with it now. You know what I'm saying? I, I know a lot of the guys, and I know a lot of the fighters. You know what I'm saying? We're like one of my favorite fighters is like Israel Adesanya and uh, Max Holloway. I like, I like yeah. Max Holloway for for some odd reason, man. I just like think Max Max can fight. You know what I'm saying? But uh, he can't fight. <laughs> he just he lost to the guy because he, he he moved up to like 155. You know what I'm saying? Like if he was fighting at 145, I, I think he probably would have beat him. Yeah. And I like Israel Adesanya because he's polarizing. I really like. Um, he don't give a fuck. No, he don't. I mean, that's his attitude. I like it. Well, you think about it now. You I got like John Jones too, man. But John Jones got a lot of man. Yeah. He just got a DUI, man. What's going on, John? Well, now that's being challenged because he got somebody coming to court for him. Remember, that's going to speak in his behalf. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah. but you got to follow you know everything right, we do. It. You know, everything we do outside of the ring is going to be magnetized. So, why are you outside shooting the gun, though, man? Or a bow and arrow or crossbow. Whatever the fuck you shooting, why? Yeah. Because you can't. You got a big ass house at the, somewhere. I know you do. I know you got a big house, John. Go in the backyard and, and shoot that motherfucker. Listen, I back well, on man, Israel. Sometime, bro, look. Sometime niggas do dumb shit. And we gotta and we gotta quit, you know what I'm saying? Give them we uh they pull no. What the fuck is he outside doing that shit for? That's the question. Kind of drugs you on, John. Issues, Mike. Don't buy All them drugs from him no more. 
Don't, don't get them drugs from him no more. Go get the other shit. You was been on. <laughs> you was doing good for like four years. You, you was doing good. Wow. But anyway, man, John Jones, I love him. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with John Jones. He's one of my out inside the ring. He 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 the real deal. Like when when he locked in, he focused on you and he break you down. Like that's why he don't take fights on on uh, late notice because he 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 actually does his homework on the guys he fights. He breaks their ass down. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you gotta respect that. I I think Israel Adesanya is in that same cut because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I look how he's moving. Maybe a better striker than John. No. Nah, nah, you, you, no. you're right. John got so many ways that that yeah. I, I, I didn't think about that. Israel I was, I was thinking about young... Israel punching a bit, but John got the elbows, the knees, the kicks. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Israel reminds me, he always reminded me of a young Anderson Silva. Yeah. That's why he didn't fight Anderson that hard. If you go back and watch that fight, you, you can tell like it was respect. I gotta beat you, but at the same time, I, I respect you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I ain't gonna try to kill you like I did uh old boy that I just Molly What's that boy's name? Him too. And <laughs> who, who, who the guy that he man Damian Ma- was it Damian Maya? Was it my last fight? The guy no, he fought b- 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 before Whitaker. They that they gave him hell. Oh that busted his shit, had it had his had a move. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't call his name. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. That was a hell of a fire fight right there. Yeah. I, I, I like I, I just like the way he fights. And I like, I mean, when you look at how he came up, um, came from Nigeria, thrown into mm-hmm. Australia. Yeah. I mean, and he was a dancer. That's that was, was his thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, crunk shit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he was just he was a very talented dancer, but he got into martial arts, got got into fighting, and he's very agile because of it. He could do things with his hips that a lot of guys can't because he was a dancer. But he's just a phenomenal talent. Um, I'm not mad at him with his last fight with Noel Romero because if I'm the champ and you're not going to come fight me, I'm not going to fight you either. No, sir. Yeah, they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. Can't trade with Joel. No, and you're not. Fuck, you think Joel is? Man, Joel touch you, man. You, 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 you liable to go. Yeah, that's. I wasn't mad at how he fought. He, we fought a good, smart fight in that fight because knowing Joel, if he landed the shot that that he wants to land, yeah. Well, I, I think that was part of it. Also, I think they uh, added sign didn't want to get taken down. I think that he knows if Joel could have got his hands on him and got him down, he probably wasn't going to get up. Mm-hmm. That would probably around the bank for Joel. So um, I agree with you 100% there. But kind of migrating back a little bit, um, there's not a lot of us covering MMA, man. Why do you think that is? And I think that more of us need to get into it because a lot of us are winning MMA and we ain't getting no fanfare on this side. Yeah, honestly, bro, when MMA started, a lot of black folks weren't, weren't, weren't really into it. It was like, uh, it was like, I don't want to say this, I don't want to sound like cliche, you know what I'm saying? But it's like this shit just, they created this shit for their hands. For their, it just came out of nowhere one day. Like, damn, MMA back in 98, uh, UFC, Ken Shamrock and shit. I'm like, damn, it's a lot of white, black, white guys fighting in, in this sport. Yeah, you know I mean, they did. I mean, the, the, the Gracies created the UFC. 
And that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, so like black people like wasn't really into it into it, but I think now since like it got so big, you know, hey, I think it's good. I, I think it's good that we uh that we transition and cover both sides of the of the fighting world. Cause I have no problem with like I, I know I know some guys like I I just want to do boxing, but but you gotta respect what the MMA is doing because they consistently they put on they they put on good fights. Like these fights yeah. for the most part. When they came in, most people said MMA was for people who couldn't box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but they can do a lot, a whole lot more shit. They can yeah. choke the, the, the shit out your ass too. But it, uh, it, it has grown from where as it far started. as the sport go. I think uh, we should get more into it. But at the end of the day, are we gonna get those those credentials? Like because now, when you look at it, like it's kind of set with like the the the, the MSN. MBS fighting and then uh you got um you got a couple of MMA channels out there that 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 put out like, like a lot of content. So are 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 our people gonna like support us if we if we uh uh try to put out, out that content? Are the black fighters in the NBA gonna want to sit down and interview with us if we get into it, you know what I'm saying? Or are, are they just gonna go to the the uh, bigger platform? Those are the questions that you brought it up because that ain't that what they accuse your boy of doing all the time. With that, Bud. Yeah, man. I, I and I actually got Bud's publicist number, man. Bo Mac gave it to me uh, last week, so we're gonna try to make some things happen with Bud. You know what I'm saying? But look, man, that's what they that's what they say. But at the same time, you no. Know, who can I tell you to interview with? You know what I'm saying? I, I know Wilder that, that made it to a point where he makes everybody look bad because he interviews with almost everybody, like Boxing Boys, uh, 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 7-8 Sports, Trip Boxing Talk, you know what I'm saying? Fred, like he sits, sits down with Behind the Gloves. Uh, I He's doing everybody. Yeah, so well, what, Wilder gave us one of our first big interviews back in 2015. He had just won the belt. So, I'm, so like, with, with, with that being said, like, Earl Spence don't do that. I don't see Earl getting the same kind of kind of kind of backlash. I think he was a little. We got Earl twice, uh, but that was a couple years ago. I, I haven't tried to get in contact with that. So you're right. Maybe it's different now. I don't know. I mean, and, and, and uh, they said Bud was doing interviews with uh, Ness a, a couple years ago when when he wasn't. You know what I'm saying the, the the big star that he is now. So with with, with, with that being said, I think guys get to a certain point that. They really don't want to rock the boat, or or, or they being advised not to do, you know, what I'm saying certain channels because of uh, maybe the uh, controversy that 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 could, could come with it. That's why, I like, when, when I try to like report on things, I try to see it from all sides. You know, what I'm even though I'm a black man and I'm proud and and, and I, I know shit is fucked up for us, I try to see it from like all sides. You know, what I'm saying until this like undeniable i gotta speak up about it you know what i'm saying like i can't just let this one fly under, under the rug but for, for the most part some of this shit man is just it's just minuscule you know what i'm saying at the end of the day it's not gonna mean nothing it's gonna go be here for a week or be here for a couple of days and two months later people ain't, ain't gonna bat an eye about it you know what it's funny how we ended up talking about interviews the fact that you actually gave us an interview, came on and gave us an interview. Uh, this ain't an interview, bro. Huh? just talking. Should yeah, that's all it is. 
It's when you're having a conversation. It started out as an interview, though. It <laughs> Absolutely, I, I do agree. But I, I'm just, you know what? I I've heard you on the Boxer Voice. I've heard you on Mike on Sports. But I've gained a lot more respect for you than I had even then through this interview process, bro. Because man, I I don't think people understand just what you're working with as far as your knowledge, the fact that you really jumped in this thing and absorbed as much as you possibly could, which is supposed to, what we're supposed to do. But you got a lot of people that put a channel up on YouTube or on Facebook and they don't really embrace that sport. They just reiterate what they've heard on ESPN first take or something like that. But the fact that in boxing, actually, man, you can't necessarily do that because it's not one of those sports that's, that people talk about on those channels daily. So you, you're going to have to know what, uh, what you're talking about. You're going to have right. to go and read your articles and do your research and, and get your audio and, and get your sound bites and, and, and try to break things down like that. But uh, it's all, man, it's it's kind of fun. Like when you're doing like, I, like, like when I'm putting this show together, it don't really seem like I'm I'm doing work. It feels like I'm I'm finna share like a secret with the whole Michael Sports universe. You know what I'm saying? And we about to have fun and like rock out. Feel the same way with the fighter share. We feel the same way. And like you said, we started out going in the gyms, um, meeting these these men and women, and then just getting interviews. And then when we started working and started getting the show together, it was just like, you know, it was it was incredible. Cause you're right, we we're hanging out in this. Um, old studio that we started in, we shoot the show and we're there till like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning sometimes trying to edit it. And it, it was fun. It really was a lot of fun. I, I get it. But I was complimenting you on, on your preparedness and the fact that you do take it seriously. And it's not just about getting a name out there. It's about getting the work out there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's and my perspective too, man. Try, I just try to get people. Uh, I just try to get people, man. Like you, I'm trying to bring you the information. Y- y'all can come to y'all own conclusion, right? Well, we're appreciative, man. You got anything else, Bash? No, man. I enjoyed this talk, man. Uh, hopefully, we can bring you on again sometime, brother. Um, we're gonna continue to follow your channel and much success to you. Um, if you need some guys, if you need a Florida perspective on things, you can always call us. Uh, other than I that, gave you a Maryland perspective too. I definitely have you guys on the show, man. Uh, we could set something up for days too. Yeah, later on this week, man. Maybe uh, when y'all normally do y'all like Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. We do our late night show Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then we have a um, two o'clock show we do on Sunday and a seven o'clock show we do on Wednesday. Uh, maybe I can get y'all on sometime during the daytime or something like that. I got to give you something to take with you, though. All right, give me something. Um, people used to ask me where I get a lot of my humor from. Well, I get most of my humor from my grandparents. Okay. Because they, they looked at life as it was. They didn't take anything too seriously. They didn't take each other too seriously. They just looked at life as it was. My grandmother decided to walk in on my cousin one day around lunchtime and my cousin was sitting on her couch butt naked my grandmother's like the heck are you doing and my cousin said well you know my husband's coming home for lunch so i put on his love dress so my grandmother started thinking 
I got a love dress too. So she goes home. She gets in my grandfather's easy chair and puts on her love dress. Well, he came in from fishing, dropped his bucket and said, what's wrong with you? And she said, I decided to put on my love dress to be ready for you when you came home. He said, well, the next time, at least be decent enough to iron it. Bro, you got to chill, bro. <laughs> you got to chill, bro. You got to chill, bro. Grandpa was a savage, boy. <laughs> Grandpa was <laughs> He was a savage boy. I, I bet. I bet he still told that ass up though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it, bro, because I know he did. I don't want to think about that though. That just, you know what? I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Just... Oh, y'all, boy, y'all, wow, y'all, wow. All right, bro. Listen, man. We appreciate you, bro. We got your contacts, man. Uh, whenever you want to have us on, we more than happy, man. Like I say, anytime. Get back with us, man. Uh, you know, anything happen big you want to share with us. And we'll do the same thing here. Whatever we find out from our guys around the way, uh, we'll, we'll always make sure we double check with you, too, so you get the you get the floor. I'm going to try to set something up, man. I'm going to try to have, like, four or five people on, man. It's going to be from all different areas, too. I'm trying to have a, a U.K. guy on and have a U- y'all two on. And get somebody else probably from, like, uh, the West Coast on, too, man. See if we can have like, a good old boxing, uh, boxing dash, man, one night. That's gonna be tight. Hey man, I'm down for it, man. I ain't got no life. I'm here. I'm gonna get y'all the. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna stay in contact, man, and uh, I'm. I'm gonna try to set it up for, for real, for real. Appreciate you, man. Really. Oh, hey, love, man. Can, hopefully you consider it the same, but we consider you a friend of the show at this time. You family? Uh, man, it's all love, man. I appreciate you, uh, you guys for having me on, man. Like this right here, like I, I, I never envisioned this. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, man, I just live life and uh, whatever comes with it comes with it, bro. And, Boxing is something I love, brother. And when we talking, shit, we we talking about a sport that that ain't even in action right now. That that's how bad nigga, we 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 love boxing. So it is what it is, man. I ain't got no issues. Cool. Hey, Fighter Share Nation, you have been blessed by Mr. Mike Gross. Mike on sports. Hey, any other way we can keep up with you on social media? Follow me on IG at Gross1911, or you can follow me on Twitter at Gross2312. All right. Any shout-outs you want to give? Man, big ups to y'all, man. Thank you for, uh, uh, for for having me on. Wow. When the king has spoken, the subjects will listen. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you, man. Fight the show. We out of here. Peace out. Peace out.